Chris, welcome to episode 243 of x and it's a, uh, well, it's a surprise episode. I was not expecting to do this one, uh, especially not today. Uh, the book we're going to discuss, or the, I guess we can't even call it a book, the uh, story we're going to discuss is one that I already had penciled in for episode 250 of this program, um, thinking that this uh, new Marvel Infinity book was going to be monthly. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about here, uh, Marvel Unlimited just did a huge overhaul, or a, I guess, update, where they introduced a whole new section of the app, and it's these Infinity Comics. They're, uh, you know, first-run exclusives to uh, Marvel Unlimited, and they're, uh, for now at least, they're free with your subscription. So these are free stories we're getting, a nice little incentive for folks who might be on the fence about whether or not to come over to Marvel Unlimited uh, if you want to keep up with everything, you know, this is definitely with an eye toward uh, several different uh, fan bases here, which is a smart move. Um, this is something for the completionists, for sure. Folks like like me and probably a lot of the folks listening right now, where you got to just know everything, you got to be a part of everything, and you want to, I don't know, you want to have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Also for some fans who may be a little bit more on the fringes, you know, ones who may not be terribly interested in the X-Men, well, here's a free story, you know, give it a shot. If, I mean, free with your subscription, of course. And the way in which they're being released onto the app uh, reminds me a lot of uh, a proven winning formula, and that's the formula of manga. Fans of manga know that uh, you know, over in Japan, and even in the United States for a little while, we got, uh, you know, Shonen Jump magazine, or there's a whole bunch of uh, weekly anthology uh, manga magazines that give you a little bit of a story every week, and you work your way through it, and you have a wide array of, uh, of genre, style, just uh well, actually, they're usually similarly genred, because, you know, they want you to enjoy the whole thing, and you might not want a... Uh, you might not want a shoujo if you're a shonen fan, and vice versa. But here, with Marvel Unlimited, they're giving us the opportunity to sample a whole bunch of things with promises that these are going to come out every single week. And the fact that they are coming out every single week is the reason why I'm doing this episode today. Because uh, I assumed that while Marvel said that they were going to put new things out every week... I didn't figure they'd be putting new installments of everything out every week. So I thought maybe we'd get one or maybe two of these X-Men installments, uh, the X-Men Unlimited installments, uh, per month. So I figured, okay, that's one, maybe two extra episodes a month. Yeah, no big deal, right? Well, no, it's uh, it's weekly. <laughs> so that is uh, four to five extra episodes a month. So uh, it looks like I'm working Sundays again. Especially if I don't want to cut too deeply into our Essential X-Lapsed run, which I really don't want to do because I'm, uh, 
having a lot of fun revisiting the Silver Age stuff, uh, you know, in addition to doing the current year stuff. So I figured this might be the, uh, the happy medium there, just handling the uh, unlimited books on Sundays, at least, you know, for now. I mean, who knows how long this will run? Who knows what the future holds? So uh, we'll just play it by ear. Now, before we get into the story here, a little bit about X-Men Unlimited. Uh, listeners to this show know that I've been advocating for the return of X-Men Unlimited for quite a while now. I think that the uh, current Krakoan age is just rife with opportunities to explore, you know, uh, unseen corners of Krakoa and of mutantdom. You know, f- s- seldomly seen characters and maybe some forgotten story beats could be addressed in an X-Men Unlimited. I also thought that... Uh, some of the ongoings that we have right now, or maybe even miniseries, while having good ideas and maybe a bit of a reason to exist, just don't have the, I don't know, oomph to uh, carry its own uh, its own title, even if it's only for five or six issues. And I'm, of course, thinking about things like X-Corp, Children of the Atom, even going back to uh, Fallen Angels. So I think those are books that don't need to be books, right? Those are books that could be a short thing in an X-Men Unlimited, and I think that would be perfectly fine, and it wouldn't it wouldn't overstay its welcome, which is why I was advocating for the return of an anthology book like this. Also, I mean, we've talked about several anthologies during the, uh, the run of this show, the Marvel's Voices stuff, the Women of Marvel stuff, things that I think might get more eyes had they been branded as X-Men Unlimited. Of course, I'm talking about the X-Men-centric stories in those anthologies. It would make them feel like they were more a part of the ongoing narrative. And for lack of a better term, make them feel like they, they mattered more in the context of what's going on in the comics now. And that's not exactly what we're getting here. That's not at all what we're getting here, actually. This is going to be a story featuring Wolverine, of all people. But uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more on the other end. And, uh, you know, one more thing before we do get into it here. I just want to caution people that, uh, I mean, this is going to be a spoilery synopsis. I usually try not to cover books, like, right after they come out. You know, I'm not that kind of show. I'm not in this to say that I was first. I'm not here to ruin anybody's reading experience. So if you haven't read this story and you are interested in doing so, maybe go do that. I I don't want to ruin this for you guys, because while there isn't much to the story... Reading it is kind of an experience, and we'll talk about that as well on the other end, but how about we just get into it? Now, this is X-Men Unlimited, I guess we can call it Volume 3, Number 1. Written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Declan Shalvey. Letters, VCs, Joe Sabino. Edits, Bisa White-Sabolsky. This appeared on the app September 9th, 2021, although every time I look at the app, they change the date. Uh, it was September 9th, then it was September 2nd, and I think right now it shows as September 1st, so... uh We know that this launched on 9-9, so I'm just going to be safe and say September 9th. Now, we open at the peak, you know, Swords Headquarters. Then, and this is where the gimmick of the uh, Unlimited book comes into play here, we actually scroll. I I did this on my phone. Um, I had mentioned when I started using Unlimited to cover some of the Silver Age stuff that I don't own, that my iPad is rather ancient, and I had to kind of, like, backdoor my way into uh, even getting it to open on it. I had to do, like, the uh, the thing where you download it on one device, and then, like, on the other, like, it tries to download it, and it can't. It's like, oh, this isn't supported, but do you want to roll back to an old version? And uh, I, you know, crossed my fingers and said yes, and uh, sure enough, I'm able to access the app on the iPad, just not the update with the Unlimited stuff. So... 
I did this on my phone. And the gimmick here is that you, this isn't like traditional sequential art, like in as far as panel to panel progression of story here, going from, you know, left to right, down, left to right, you know. This is just down. So we scroll for like three seconds here, and it's, I mean, while if this were something we paid extra money for, I would think it was a little bit indulgent, but I mean, it's Declan Shalvey's art here, which is really, really gorgeous. And it's an interesting use of this uh, of this new format here. I mean, we're really playing with the language of comics here, and I may not be 100% down with it, but I'm definitely open to it. I'm open to it, and I'm open to see where we go from here. Now, anyway, as we scroll down, we learn that an AIM extraction team, and of course that's AIM, the beekeeper guys, they managed to break in, they swiped something, and they got away. Now, they did this all before the mutants even realized that anything was amiss. And AIM even managed to swipe three mutants, so they got prisoners likely, you know, to perform some sadistic experiments on. And it's left to one man to take care of business, and of course, that one man is Wolverine. Now, he arrives at the peak via Krakoan Gateway, and then he ejects himself from the place, plummeting through space. So we scroll again. Now, he does make sure to introduce himself as we scroll, just in case we're not sure who it is we're looking at. Not only is he Wolverine, but he is also the best there is at what he does. And I tell you, I feel like that's a line that should be on, like, the X-Men writer bingo card. But it's not nearly as irritating as, to me, my X-Men. You know, the best there is is something I can deal with. So Wolverine lands with a thud on the AIM vessel. He peeks into the window, only to see several dozen beekeepers with their firearms pointed right at him. And I don't think it would be wise for any of them to, you know, pull the trigger or anything, considering they'd all be sucked out into space. Well, turns out that's a moot point, because Logan does not waste any time in slicing and dicing his way in, and yeah, the AIM folks are in fact sucked into space which makes me think that Wolverine must be here on official X-Force business, so as to avoid that pesky kill-no-man deal. Our hero floats inside the craft, and he makes his way to a computer console. And uh, Wolverine hates computers, by the way. He's going to say that a few times here. And so, like uh, most old people do when confronted with a computer that they don't know how to use, so Wolverine proceeds to punch it a bunch. And the monitor comes alive, and it reveals three locations. One is the peak, you know, swords, headquarters. Two is the AIM intrusion vessel, and three is the AIM dreadnought called Paradigm Shift. Now from here, it's not entirely clear. Um, the intrusion vessel either arrives back at the dreadnought or it's leaving the dreadnought. And I mean, hell, I'm not even sure which of these places Wolverine's even at right now. I'm going to assume the dreadnought. Anyway, at this point, the computer screen goes boop, and on the screen appears a digital version of MODOK. And MODOK spells out the mission objectives here. They are to infiltrate Sword Station, to which Logan asks, why would they do that? And MODOK on the screen appears to answer, to acquire specific mutant samples alive for use in Project Tundra. Now, I'm not exactly sure what Project Tundra is, because anytime I type it into Google, it says, did you mean Thundra? And uh, no, I didn't mean Thundra. I assume we'll find out more about this as we work our way through. Now, the secondary objective here is to acquire a dummy mutant sample. It doesn't matter if it's dead or alive, just for some misdirection. MODOK then assures Wolverine that, uh, yeah, he knows he's here, and yes, he's talking directly to him. So, in other words, this is not a recording. Oh, and also, the ship is basically alive. MODOK can control all aspects of it, and he is perfectly willing to sacrifice it, all in the name of science. 
and so the self-destruct sequence is initiated. Now elsewhere in the craft we see a half dozen or so aim beekeepers stood around three canisters containing the kidnapped mutants. We don't actually see who the kidnapped mutants are, like we just see a shadow under like a, a thing of glass. Now Wolverine is working his way through this place and he manages to happen across these geeks and he lunges in to make the save, only they shut the door right in his face. Now you would think that wouldn't be a problem for a Logan, but unfortunately it's at this point that the self-destruct countdown just hits zero. Bada bing, bada boom, Logan hates computers to be continued. Well, it looks like we're not going to have to wait too long to get the next part of this. This definitely evokes uh, the feeling of Marvel Comics Presents from back in the day. This feels like it would be something perfectly at home in that title here. And that isn't a bad thing at all. Um, thing of it is, uh, this is X-Men Unlimited, and this really isn't what I wanted out of an X-Men Unlimited title. So I can say that, but I can also say that uh, I enjoyed this. You know, I can't say I didn't. Now, this is definitely an interesting way to receive comics, right? You guys know me. I'm very old school when it comes to the way that I read comics here. I want physical media. And, I mean, if this book were to be compiled later on and come out physically, I'd buy it. You know, because that's just the way I am. But as an experiment and as a way to kind of shake things up, I feel like this was a really uh, neat way to do it. And certainly a fun little incentive and exclusive original content to get folks to give Unlimited a shot, right? You know, I mean, Marvel Unlimited, I mean, I don't want to shill for Marvel Unlimited because, frankly, they don't need me to. But they do offer, like, a seven-day free subscription, and I wonder how many folks signed up for it this week. I gotta assume that this was a pretty big week for folks signing on for the very first time with all this exclusive content being made available, and uh, hopefully some of them uh, actually dip into the archives as well and see just what a wealth of uh, Marvel Comics history that's just available right there at your fingertips. It's a... Truly a, uh, a wonderful, a wonderful app. And I think that's where I'll stop plugging a company that wouldn't spit on me if I were on fire. <clears throat> Let's talk about the story. Uh, the art here was definitely the highlight for me. It was simply amazing. Uh, Shalvi is a wicked talent, and I would love to see him take a larger role in the uh, X-Books here. Now, the unlimited gimmick, with the lack of traditional panels and the constant scrolling, it was interesting. You know, uh, definitely not what I would uh, call my, you know, chosen way of receiving these stories. Though, I mean, it's pretty much the most obvious way to go about uh, about telling a story like this, right? You're on your phone, you're on your tablet, you're scrolling. It's it, it feels it feels very organic. It feels very natural. And you guys know me as a fake ass comics historian. I am always interested when folks try to. Uh, Try to play with the formula, you know, change the accepted language, uh, the way that comic books are, uh, you know, the stories are told. And I can say that even if I'm not 100% on board with the execution as of yet, I do feel like this format definitely has potential and it certainly has legs. And I do look forward to seeing the bullpen better familiarize themselves with it and uh, maybe push the limits of their storytelling ability with this new format. Now, as for the story itself, it felt, it felt safe. Right? I mean, you're launching a new endeavor with Wolverine front and center. It doesn't get much safer than that. I think the only safer bet in comics would be to stick Batman on the cover and maybe dip it in chocolate. <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the only safer way. Now, part of me, uh, the cynical part, uh, worries that this will eventually become the same sort of afterthought title that its unlimited predecessors had become after the launch salvo. Now, if you were around in the early 90s when X-Men Unlimited launched, you know, the first volume... 
it did so with a bit of hoopla. You know, it was a pretty big story being told there. It was Magneto coming back. It was an oversized book. It was kind of advertised as like a quarterly annual. And while annuals certainly didn't have the same cachet that they did in the, you know, Bronze Age and into the 80s, it felt like something that you couldn't miss. And also the price was, uh, I think it was like a $4 book, which is kind of, you know, quaint when we think about it today. But back in 1993 or whenever it was, that, that was a big chunk of change. You know, that was a very spendy book. I mean, for 4 bucks, you could get three ongoing books and still get a quarterback as change back then. So to ask that kind of money is, uh, it's pretty big, you know. Now the volume launch, it was a pretty big deal right out the gate. And immediately... It became an afterthought. You know, there'd be occasional stories that actually tied into what was going on in the X-Books. There was like an Ages of Apocalypse one. Uh, there was the issue where the Dark Beast, you know, it replaced Beast Beast in uh, the mansion. There was that historically awful issue that revealed uh, Nightcrawler's parentage, or at least that his mother was Mystique. And that was a story that was so bad that the writer, Scott Lobdell, uh, signed on to Usenet and made fun of it himself under a pseudonym. So... Yeah, the book became kind of an afterthought after its initial strong launch, and part of me is a little concerned that uh, that this will happen for uh, this unlimited title as well. And of course, I'm probably worrying about something I don't need to. And there is one gigantic difference here. Uh, those were something you had to pay for, right? You had to pay $4 for those books, where if you're already sub to unlimited, these are free. And uh, I truly believe that this is the way to do these type of stories, I hope once the Wolverine story is out of the way, maybe we get uh, maybe we get some of those you know unseen corners of Krakoa. Maybe we flesh out the story. I mean, this is an awesome tool to try out new talent. I mean, that was what the Unlimited book ultimately became. Again, we had to pay four dollars for it, so we were getting a story by an unknown creator about a story that was in a vacuum, had nothing to do with what was going on in the main books. Here we have the opportunity to give new creators an opportunity to tell in-continuity or in-current-day continuity stories, and we get to introduce new concepts here. So, I mean, what was that guy, a Somnus? Maybe we give Somnus a short strip here, and then we launch him into a physical book. You know, I think this is a really smart way to float uh, new concepts, new ideas, new characters, new creators. I do see this having a lot of potential. And I definitely look forward to more of it. Um, now let me close out my thoughts uh, being more cynical and <laughs> projecting some uh, worries that probably don't matter. I hope that this doesn't lead to a tiered pricing structure for Marvel Unlimited, like where you can get the classic Marvel Unlimited for the you know standard rate, but if you want the Infinity Comics, you need to pay a couple bucks more a month. I, I hope that's not what we're headed to. And again, I've got no reason to suggest that we are, but... I do know that a lot of these uh, subscription services are adding tiers now. Uh, not not so much in the comic stuff, but I mean things like uh, television streaming services. They come with tiers. You pay more for for more, right? And I hope that doesn't become something Marvel will uh, you know explore down the line. I, I also hope that this doesn't lead to moving more and more titles out of print and into digital, especially after reading what uh, Jonathan Hickman was saying during the lead up to the reveal of X Men Unlimited, where. During the uh, COVID hiatus, he petitioned Marvel to uh, to move all the X-Men books as digital only. And, uh, boy, I, I would not be down with that. <laughs> I certainly would not be down with that. I, I mean, these are all worries that uh, are just things that'll keep me awake at night. These are definitely Chris problems. So we'll just set them aside, and we will burn those bridges when we get to them. But uh, 
that's all I have to say about X-Men Unlimited number one. But uh, we're not done yet, because you see, uh, X-Men Unlimited wasn't the only book to come out through this Infinity Initiative. Uh, one of them features one of our very favorite characters, and, uh, well, he's not really X-relevant, but uh, I want to talk about him anyway. It's going to be brief. <laughs> it's going to be very brief, but, uh, of course, I am talking about our friend, Jeff the Landshark, who appears in It's Jeff, number one. Stories called Pool Party, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Guru Hero. Edits, Pile, Go, Wacker, Sabalski, appeared on the app September 9th. 2021. And it's short. It's very short. There are no words in it, but uh, I mean, it's it's really, really cool. Now we open at a public pool where a bunch of Marvel's heaviest hitters are uh, indulging in a bit of R&R, including the recently arrived Jeff the Landshark. And upon arrival, he's an instant hit. Everybody stops to snap pictures of him, give him a pat on the head here. He's even offered an ice cream cone. I mean, it's, it's a very cute scene here, and it reminded me of a uh, an experience I had earlier this week. I mentioned on uh, the Essential X Laps that my wife and I went up to the mountains this week. It was just a day trip, uh, you know, two and a half hours up, two and a half hours down, and we spent a few hours up there uh, seeing the sights and hanging around in Old Town. And uh, we had breakfast in an owl-themed uh, diner, which was really, really cool. Uh, the largest pancakes I have ever seen in my life. And, uh, you know, when you order pancakes at a restaurant, you don't know what you're going to get. Right? If you order a pancake, you might get something the size of a silver dollar, or you might get something the size of your plate. Well, this was one that was, uh, you can order one pancake for like eight bucks, or two for nine. So I'm like, okay, well that's stupid, just to order one, so I ordered two. And these pancakes hung off the side of my plate. They were insane. And they were also very delicious, and they were also like the first carbs I'd had in quite a while at that point, so, uh... A long walk around Old Town was exactly what I needed after uh, dropping that bomb inside my belly. So we're walking around Old Town. We came across this uh, this weird little mall. I mean, it didn't even look like a mall from the outside. It just looked like a building. But uh, we saw some interesting um, like artisan soaps inside, and, and the wife wanted to look at them. So we went inside and discovered that there were like five or six stores in there, including one in the basement. And so we head down to the basement, and at the bottom of the stairs is a... Uh, decently sized koi pond with like uh, maybe a half dozen koi in it. And I've never been around a koi pond before. I mean, I know what they are, of course, but I've never been really close to one. Turns out that koi are very friendly and social fish. I had no idea. So we're walking around and the fish are following us and they're popping up and they're blowing bubbles at us. And uh, I guess that's their way of saying hello. I, I didn't, I didn't know any of that. So there was one in there that was gray, and it instantly reminded me of Jeff the Landshark. And then seeing this panel here, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sharing a, a silly story here, but uh, seeing this panel where everybody's kind of patting them on the head here, because I guess koi like to be petted on the head, and I suppose you can pet them on the head. We didn't know that then, otherwise we probably would have petted on the head. But this panel gave me a, uh, a very weird flashback, and uh, well, that's why I just shared that uh, incredibly interesting story. Anyway, our hero then strips out of his Deadpool Gwenpool floaties, flippers and snorkel, and hops in the pool. And from here he swims around. And you might be asking, what could possibly go wrong? Well, he's a shark, and he's got a scary old shark fin on his back, and that really seems to freak everybody out, so everybody's out of the pool, shivering on the sidelines here. Jeff pops his head out of the drink and is terribly confused, and that's where we leave it. And I mean, there isn't much to talk about here other than to say... This was wonderful. <laughs> this was so much fun. And again, there's nothing to it. 
but I mean, and I only have one complaint. The only complaint I have is that it's digital and not print, because I would like to actually hold this in my hands. Maybe somewhere down the line they will release a physical uh, collected edition. I, you know, fingers crossed that they decide to, because this is, uh, I mean, the Guru Hero art here is just wonderful. It's perfectly suited to a story like this and a character like this. The story itself comes down to a simple gag, but it's a, it's a gag that has heart. And you guys know me, I am a sucker for the nebulous metric of heart, even though I can't explain exactly what it is. But I think that's all I got to say about uh, Jeff the Landshark number one. I believe they released two Jeff the Landshark issues uh, the first day out, but uh, we'll, we'll get to them as we, as we work our way through here. I don't know if they'll take a week off or if Jeff is a uh, outlier. Maybe he'll only get two stories a month and they'll both be released the same day. We don't know enough about it just yet, and... Uh, well, frankly, you know me, I stay away from the comics news sites, so this may very well be answered, but uh, I just don't know that answer. So we'll just play it by ear, and we'll take them as they come. But I think that's all we got for today. Uh, we could probably assume that future installments of the X-Men Unlimited episodes are going to be more on the short side than a normal episode. This one went a little while because uh, I guess I just talked a lot. <laughs> but uh, I figure we can assume that they're going to be... A fair amount shorter, but uh, I mean, we'll take them as they come. And as always, we will do our best. But uh, if you have Marvel Unlimited, definitely give these a shot. There's no reason not to. There uh, is a lot of potential here. I think this could be the start of something fairly exciting, which is not something I ever saw myself saying about uh, digital comics before. So there's that. <laughs> but uh, with all that said, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on these Unlimited titles here. If there's uh, any current year X-relevant stuff appearing in another one, hey, let me know and we'll uh, we'll definitely discuss it. Uh, so if you'd like to get a hold of me for that or any reason, please feel free to do so. You can find me on Twitter at Ace Comics. You can shoot me an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. You can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, you can head over to chrisisoninfiniteearths.com. You can join us on Facebook. Our little group is 90s X-Men. And finally, for all your Chris and Reggie listening needs, including the complete X-Lapsed family of show archives, you can head over to chrisandreggie.podbean.com. And of course, that is available anywhere the internet aggregates noise and sound. But that'll do it for today. I want to thank you all so much for hanging out with me, even on a Sunday. It really, really means a lot to me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya!